Welcome to a Legacy of Generosity podcast show. Today's episode is sponsored by the Minnesota Initiative Foundations. We are very grateful for their support and the work they do in Greater Minnesota. Learn more about all six organizations at greaterminnesota.net. Since we're all new at this, before we dive into today's episode, we're going to give you a recap of who we are and what we're doing. This podcast is provided by Leave a Legacy Minnesota Committee, an all-volunteer group committed to growing the number of gifts made to charities through wills and bequests. We do this by providing professional development opportunities to nonprofit staff and volunteers, such as this podcast. Because this is a committee effort, your hosts are going to change regularly. Today we have Christy Ackley, that's me, a nonprofit and business consultant at Fairwinds Consulting, and Mark Benkin, a major gifts officer at Augsburg University in Minneapolis. Now that you know who we are, let's meet our guest. Thanks, Christy. I am really excited about today's episode and guest, as we'll get to speak with one of my colleagues at Augsburg, Sarah Erkinen. Sarah is Assistant Vice President for Institutional Advancement, and she has been the driving force behind our office's efforts to engage principal-level benefactors in creative and meaningful ways, something which she will be talking with us about today. Sarah, would you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself? Sure thing, and thank you, Mark and Christy. It's so nice to be with you today. So I've been at Augsburg for three and a half years, but have about nearly two decades of experience in advancement work, including some time in other higher education, but also in the performing arts and human services. And while my current focus is on Augsburg's sesquicentennial campaign and engaging benefactors at the highest levels, I found such sincere generosity at every level and at every organization I've ever served. So it's, it really fuels my work and I'm really happy to be here with you today. Thanks again for joining us, Sarah. When Mark shared a little bit about your background and role at Augsburg, I got really excited to have you join us and share your experiences with donors. Gratitude is so important for us to express to our donors. However, according to studies completed by the Lilly School of Philanthropy, it's something that donors continually say we miss the mark on. In a year where I think we're all struggling a little to feel grateful, refocusing and recommitting to this important human connection is important, especially with our donors. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, You know, expressing our appreciation for donors' gifts is a way that we affirm their decision to invest in their with their personal resources. You know, it's not only our responsibility, but um, a really great opportunity, I think, to share the impact that donors are making in the life of our organizations. Sarah, obviously, we all know how important prompt and correct gift acknowledgement is to donors. But can you share with our listeners some of your other favorite ways to thank our donors? Oh, absolutely. Well, one thing we're doing right now, which Mark knows all about, um, to show our appreciation for benefactors who are creating endowed scholarships at Augsburg, we're presenting these one-of-a-kind glass water droplets to the first 150 families who make these commitments through outright planned and blended gifts. And we're at 92 right now. And um, over the summer, we were actually able to even deliver some of these in a very socially distanced and safe way um, to some of those benefactors here in the Twin Cities. In fact, Mark and our colleagues have some really great photos of donors who holding their droplet in their front yard, just beaming. Um, Cause they're, they're special and it feels nice to get something like that after making such a commitment. Sarah, I'm wondering, 
could you tell a little bit about the recent uh, effort that we made around Founders Day, where we sent mm. special Founders Day boxes to a mm-hmm. group of donors? Yeah, thanks for asking about that. Um, so uh, one one thing we like to do is just remind folks we're thinking about them. And um, over the last few years, we've sent these uh, sort of assembled amenity boxes with a special personalized message inside to our principal level donors. And they've been around, you know, we don't choose the same holiday every year um, just to kind of keep it fresh. But um, one year we did a box around something that we celebrate uh, at Augsburg's campus called Welcome in Yule, which is ushering in the Advent season. And, and so it had some Norwegian traditional items in there and some things from campus. But this year um, we wanted to celebrate Founders Day. We've just concluded our celebrating our sesquicentennial and we want to remind everybody of that um, historical year that we celebrated together. And then, um, and we actually this year because of the pandemic used this great company, local company um, called Ubecha. And they create these boxes for you. We were able to get personalized letters to them and a couple of um, Augsburg themed face, uh, face masks and a really special letter from the president um, talking about the founding and also talking about now and and have those sent out and we received some really nice feedback from our donors on that wow sarah i just really love that personal approach you have with your donors i mean i'm sure those gifts have meant so much to them um this year has looked so different in so many ways and you've already shared a little bit about the adjustments that you've made but what are some other approaches that you've needed to adapt this year, um, mm-hmm. given the situation we're in? Sure. So something we've um, found to be special and has been adaptable this year is um, producing gift announcements. So um, when somebody's made a gift, we ask if they'd be willing to share about that in a um, more public way. And if they say yes, we move forward on a gift announcement and we interview the donors and produce a brief story about their gift, why they gave, um, what they gave to, why it's been, you know, why it was special to them. And there's nothing magical about that. It's pretty simple. Um, but, but it is another opportunity to thank them. And, um, it really helps the benefactor produce a narrative around their philanthropy. And we do this for the for gifts of all sizes too. So that that's worked really well um, from afar as we've worked from our homes. And um, we also have hosted virtual events like many, like everyone has been doing, you know, Facebook Live and, and things like that. But we asked a number of special donors throughout these eight months to help us host these events. You know, we didn't, we, it wasn't a one size fit all. It was what made most sense for that donor. So in the spring, um, we've got a, a benefactor who is an epidemiologist and, um, you know, has a background. He's worked for the World Health Organization. We asked him to host a Facebook Live event. It was at the very beginning of the pandemic, and it was very popular. People really enjoyed that, and he felt great about it. He got to share his expertise. Um, we've hosted, like we hosted a live campaign report to our campaign benefactors this fall. And we had a whole lineup of, I think, seven or eight donors and volunteer leaders um, 
as panelists. And I think every person, you know, through that process became closer with uh, their work with Augsburg and, and then also got to share about it with hundreds of, uh, of alumni through that experience. So that was, I think that was neat. And on a much more individual level, and quite recently, actually, um, I mailed a book of poetry by the U.S. Poet Laureate Joy Harjow to a benefactor recovering from some pretty serious health concerns. And before I mailed it, I, I flagged a couple of my favorite poems in there and, of course, included a little note and everything. But he was really moved by that and, and point, has pointed it out a couple times um, since. So I think it, it matters to take a moment to really personalize our approach when we're going mm -hmm. about sharing things with our benefactors. Yeah, well, hopefully we won't have to continue to do all of these things so socially distanced. Um, when it's back to being safer to be closer in person, do you have any examples for our listeners for those times? Sure, yeah. So in the non-pandemic times, we were hosting two special on-campus experiences. One um, we called signing ceremonies. Um, so when a benefactor was ready to make a you know pretty substantial gift, an endowed fund or an endowed scholarship or a significant gift um, to athletics or something on campus, we would arrange for a special visit with the president um, to sign a certificate stating the purpose of the gift. And we would have a photographer present and sometimes have um, a little lunch together or have a student stop by and share about that. And it, it was just another time to really note the significance of making a commitment like that. I don't think you can do that really too much or too often. Um, and then something we were getting really good at just before the pandemic came around were these, I would call them highly choreographed campus visits. They have a real red carpet feel to them. Um, so depending on the amount of time a, a donor would have uh, to come visit campus, we would, you know, have everything arranged ahead of time down to the minute. Um, <laughs> and um, of course, it wouldn't necessarily feel that um, choreographed to the donor. We would have already walked through it, practiced it and everything like that. But um, we meet the donor at their car with a golf cart that's been freshly cleaned. Thank you to my colleague, Chris Bogan, um, with waters and um, Augsburg blankets if, if it was a little chilly out. And um, we would tailor the experience based on what we know about them and what we know that they love about our campus. So when we'd first walk into a building, um, sometimes we would we'd arrange for a small musical ensemble to be playing. And, and sometimes the donors knew it was for them and sometimes they really didn't, like they really just thought, oh, students are here playing in this alcove, um, how wonderful. And, and um, if they had an interest in biology, we'd arrange to stop by a lab and, and meet with faculty there to hear about what was going on. And we might visit with a couple students along the way, you know, everything was as we move further through campus. Um, or an athletics facility tour with our athletics director. Um, and then we'd end, try to end the conversation in a very quiet location, very comfortable um, with the president, um, 
and and if it was an ask, they would probably know it. They would know ahead of time, and that is when we would talk about a gift. Or if it wasn't, if it was just a thank, you know, it'd be another time for the president to thank them eye to eye for what they've done for our campus. And um, very tailored approach, and it, they were very fun to pull off too. And and I will say. One of the times where I actually got a phone call afterwards from a donor who said that was the absolutely best experience um, and and had some really nice things to say about it. So when a donor takes the the opportunity to call me back and and tell me I'm doing a good job at something, I really take note because um, most of the people I work with are awfully busy and and don't don't have time for that kind of thing. Well, Sarah, it's clear that you do a lot of homework in, in, as you prepare for these opportunities to thank uh, your benefactors. And clearly, that homework comes from you having forged a strong relationship with those donors or benefactors. Could you tell us a little bit more about how you trust and relationships with your benefactors? Sure. Well, I think being genuine um, and demonstrating follow through are really important. Everyone is so unique. And uh, so I guess I would say the path to building trust may look different for each person. Um, sometimes you can build trust so quickly and then other times, you know, really takes a while. Some of the families we work with have become very guarded over time and you can't really blame them for that. So um, I would say it becomes a lot easier once I've spent time with a benefactor in person. You know, when we're together, I try to learn as much as I possibly can about their family, their career, their interests, um, their philanthropy. And as, you know, going further into the relationship, I reference the values that matter to people. I think that demonstrates that I've heard them um and and i think that's really important i think we say all the time listen 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 um but there's always those moments in the conversation where where you've maybe asked them a question and it's just quiet and people don't love quiet but i i try really hard to just lean into the quiet and see what comes after it and sometimes i'm very surprised <laughs> by what what they share you know, and and so I think really being genuine. And then I think adapting to the sort of rhythm that a donor seems to want, you know, how to connect, when and where, how often. I've got benefactors who, you know, want to meet once or twice a year in their office. It's pretty quick and they've probably already decided ahead of time what they want to do. And then I have others who um, would probably have dinner with me every month and and we exchange emails and texts in between um so being adaptable and and with each donor and how they want to connect i think is important and then finally i guess what i'd say is i found that involving board members and the president is absolutely key especially when you're engaging benefactors at the highest most generous levels you know, the, this relationship building that we're doing is really about the organization, not about us. So connecting donors with one another and helping to nurture those relationships um, 
is all in the very best interest of our organizations. And, and it creates a sense that they, the donors, are all in this together and nurtures this culture of generosity. You know, they, they really get to know one another. They ask one another for gifts. They thank each other for giving. And, and that is the absolute magic right there. Very good. Uh, it just sounds like authenticity and personalization is, is really the secret sauce. That's what's important to you when it comes to your donors. What does that mean for your donor communications? Oh, thanks for asking about that. Um, yeah, crafting personalized messages um, is is really important. People know when they are reading a form letter and um, or an email that you've copied and pasted a hundred times. Um, I'm not saying that I don't ever do that and then you know make a bunch of changes, but but people really do take notice when something has been prepared, especially for them. And we're lucky, very lucky to have a full-time writer on my team whose focus is principal level benefactors. And, and she is wonderful. <laughs> Examples of her work include things like um, spe special messages uh, from campus leaders like the president or the provost or deans. Um, she creates very personalized impact reports. Um, with beautiful photography and um, she she finds quotes from faculty and students that fit just perfectly in there and um, she'll get a departmental specific update. So um, most recently, I, I work with a couple of benefactors who um, were early graduates from our physics program. And I knew they'd love to know exactly how our physics department was thriving um, during this pandemic. And so Amanda, this, our writer, uh, called and interviewed our physics chair and then crafted a letter from him to each of these donors, specifically to them, um, but sharing updates. And they both, it meant so much to them to hear from him in that way. And, you know, our faculty just don't have time to be writing these things. So we try to make things as easy as possible for campus partners. And, and everything she does is so highly personalized. Um, it doesn't, when you look at these pieces, they don't feel like, oh, um, somebody dropped my name in at the top and maybe down below. Um, we've mentioned things in the body of the text that are only personal to that donor. And um, I think it makes a big difference to people. Wow, I can imagine it really does make a huge difference to people. Um, that's so great that you have that opportunity to have a full-time writer on your staff. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners who are going, <laughs> yeah, would love to do that. Right. <laughs> but we are, you know, have multiple other jobs that we're doing at the same time. You know, maybe they're not dedicated to development or... Right. Um, they don't have the resources that a university might have. What kind of examples do you have for them on how they can express gratitude in a personal and authentic way? Yeah, sure. Well, I think that creating a special experience for a donor can happen at any organization. Um, back when I was a one-woman shop at an arts org, um, I collaborated, collaborated with the teachers 
there to host donors for behind the scenes rehearsals or um, performance sneak peeks and just bringing them in to the experience of what was going on there meant so much to the donors. Or um, in my most previous uh, position at a human services organization, we had a medium sized shop there, about six um, development and communications people total, but we orchestrated together something we called a mission tour um, where we would invite donors on site and we had created this tour that helped illustrate for people uh, exactly what their donations were making possible. And it helped them feel more emotionally connected to the work um, and, and what they were creating there at that organization. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for offering so many insights and examples into this topic today. It's just so important to show our donors gratitude. and. We're all going to have to be creative about how we do that this year. Uh, before we go, what's one last thought that you would like to leave with our listeners? I guess I would just reiterate the importance of donors um, building the relationship between donors with one another. And, um, and I alluded to this earlier, but I guess I would say eliminate most surprises. <laughs> um, you know, in preparation for, for donor meetings with the president or the board chair, I always share with the donor ahead of time the purpose of the visit um, with no masking at all. I, I test any solicitation ahead of time and ideas that we're going to share. And um, often I provide a token of appreciation that the board chair or the president can present to them. And that's the only piece that is a surprise um, to anyone. But generally, everyone knows exactly how the time will be spent together. And, and I think there's a level of comfort in that for everybody. Um, and as far as nurturing relationships between one another, um, at, at Augsburg, we have a president's council, like a lot of places do, an advisory group, not a board. And we've got seven couples on it um, right now. They, in non-pandemic times, meet a couple times a year on location and various couples host and, and it really gives them a chance to showcase um, what they care about with one another. And, and I've seen them um, grow in friendship with one another and they ask about one another and they connect with one another outside of these meetings. And, and they, they really end up feeling close with one another and, and can respond to one another in more dynamic ways when they're together. So I guess I would say those two things, no surprises, and um, help help your donors connect with one another. They, they have something really special in common, and it's our organizations. So thank you. That's really what it's all about in the end, isn't it? Connection. The donors just really want to feel connected to our organizations and know that their gifts are meaningful. So thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today. And to our listeners out there, thank you for joining us. Be sure to tune in the Legacy of Generosity podcast on the second and fourth Tuesdays of every month at 9 a.m. You can find us wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website at leavealegacymn.org. And finally, we'd like to thank the Minnesota Initiative Foundations for their financial support, which makes this podcast possible. They've been working to strengthen the communities and economies of greater Minnesota for over 30 years. Thanks for all you do. Folks, thanks again for tuning in to today's Legacy of Generosity podcast. 
We'll look forward to connecting with you again in a few weeks.